0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, The Joyful Frugalista, and now here's your host, Serena Bird.
1: Hello, Frugalistas, and welcome. Today, I have a very special guest, and he is coming to us from Los Angeles, California. But before I introduce him, please do me a favor. If you enjoy listening to my podcast as much as I do in recording it, Please make sure to like and follow and leave comments. I always love comments. Today's guest is James Whitaker. James is the best-selling author of three books, host of the Win the Day podcast, public speaker, business coach, and co-executive producer of the film Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy. Welcome, James.
2: Hi, Serena. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, thank you so much for being my guest. Now, obviously you're in Los Angeles, but you don't have a typical American accent. So what is the path that has taken you from down under to the US of A?
2: Such a great question. I reached a point after working in financial planning for more than 10 years in that industry, I reached a point that there was just something more for me. I loved that there, but I just had this itch that needed to be scratched. So I wanted to It had always been a dream of mine to go and do an MBA, a Master's of Business Administration over in America. So that's what I did. I uh, enrolled at a university called Holt International Business School, and that was in Boston, about as far away from Brisbane where I grew up and spent the first (laughs) 28 years of my life, about as far away from there as you could possibly get. I didn't know anyone at all in Boston. And it was a really interesting time and, and a big moment of transition in my life. And that year was nine months in Boston, three months in Shanghai in China. Again, you very, very different. Brisbane, Boston, China, very, very <laughs> different places.
1: Yeah, I've I've also lived in China. There's a lot of things there. I think it's so important to have business experience in China, no matter what you think of what's happening.
2: So true. And I'll never forget those times where, you know, wearing a suit in, in Shanghai presenting to one of the world's leading IT companies about wow. what they should do to grow their business. It's just a just a cool moment. And I, I went into the MBA degree with a with a plan. And I think most people when they when they enroll in any type of training program, like a university, they enroll with a plan and it just chewed me up and spat me out in a complete different direction. I ended up moving to Los Angeles when that had finished in September, 2013. And uh, I have been here ever since. I've, you know, Business interests have taken me and obviously family too back to Australia constantly. COVID has made things very difficult yeah. as far as seeing family back in Australia. So we've been relying on technology for that. Los Angeles is, is definitely home at the moment. We have a, a two-year-old daughter here. My wife is American and we have another one joining us in about a month.
1: Well, congratulations and best wishes for their new bub as well. And you're doing so many exciting things there in Los Angeles. One of the many was being co-executive producer of the film Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, and then authoring the accompanying book. So what motivated you to do that?
2: Well... Think and Grow Rich was the book that had changed my dad's life. So I was always aware of its power, but then I had a conversation. We had a meeting with the filmmakers who, they were creating this project, this film project based on the best-selling self-help book of all time, of course, being Napoleon Hill's uh, Think and Grow Rich, which has sold more than 120 million copies around the world since it was first released in 1937. And I said to them, look, you've got a film coming out. You obviously have a book coming out with it too. Can you tell me a little bit about the book? And they said, yeah, we've got a book coming out, but they were very, very vague on the details. And eventually, I I basically just said to them, here's what you should do. There's 13 principles of think and grow rich. You should provide a brief overview of each of those principles in a modern setting. And basically, then you could tell the short stories of people after that, people who are already going to be featured in the film, modern day people. And that way, it would be a testament to the original book, but also a compliment." rather than a substitute for a book that you could never be a substitute for. And they, they turned around and said, we love it. Can you do it? I said, yes, I will knock it out of the park for you. And that's what, that's what happened. And now uh, I write books for the Napoleon Hill Foundation and, and an, official, uh, an official keynote speaker for the Success Magazine Speakers Bureau. And it just, yeah, it, it's been a really amazing journey. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that initial opportunity.
1: Wow, that's a story about thinking your way into riches and doing what you love right
2: there. It it very much is. And a lot of people, uh, one of the big things that I, it's interesting that my work is there's a book behind me here called Andrew Carnegie's Mental Dynamite, which was an unreleased Napoleon Hill manuscript that the Napoleon Hill Foundation asked me to modernize and and release as co author. And I also brought in Sharon Lecter, who wrote all the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books with Robert Kiyosaki Mm -hmm. as part of that project. One of the biggest points from that book, Andrew Carnegie's Mental Dynamite, is talking about giving without the expectation of receiving anything in return. And that's a really powerful lesson of what I had just done in that moment where I had given them a really great concept and just said, if I was you, this is what I would do. It was just a gift. They could do whatever they wanted to do with it. They knew that I was already a best-selling author at that point because I had written The Beginner's Guide to Wealth, which they had a copy of, which inspired the the meeting to begin with. Yep, the book you were holding in your hands, Serena. And that was where they had turned around. So by giving without the expectation of anything in return, having some type of specialized knowledge, which is one of the principles of Think and Grow Rich, and also being ready for that moment when it, when it came to having the runs on the board with the work that I had done previously was what put me in a position there. And I, I will never forget it because to be very, very clear to everyone listening to this, this podcast or watching us, that the success that you attract in your life is entirely dependent on the relationships you build relationships have been everything for me. And if there was one tip that I could give people, whether you wanted success in business, life, finances, both, it's making sure that you have the right relationships around you. And the best Mm. way to do that is to give without the expectation of anything in return and increasingly become a person of value. Because the more valuable you become, the more value you have to give.
1: That's really a good point, this point about giving and I guess in modern terms, we tend to talk about social capital, but social capital, those relationships only happen when you put in more than you expect to receive in return.
2: Oh, true. Absolutely.
1: In the the film and in the accompanying book, you obviously put it in a modern setting and there's interviews with a number of modern day success stories, which I think is so important because having reread the book recently, Thinking Grow Rich, You don't always relate to the personalities the same way as when it would have been published following the the Great Depression and in the 30s. What are some of the key takeaways? You've talked already about the relationships and the giving, but what were some of the other key insights that you got from the Think and Grow Rich principles?
2: Great, great question. The very first one is the first principle of Think and Grow Rich, which is desire. So Napoleon Hill writes that the starting point of all achievement is desire. The idea of that being if you don't know what you want and where you want to end up, then it's going to be impossible for you to, to get there. With all the clients that I work with, I've, I've worked with people now in more than 20 countries around the world, individuals, C-level executives, founders, and businesses and associations and pretty much everyone in between. And the people who feel like they're treading water or they're not living with purpose or, or passion, it's because of two things. They're not clear on who they are and they're not clear on where they want to go. And the desire idea of that, I was able to create a resource that I use with all my clients called the Success Plan Template. Happy to give a free copy out to everyone in your audience. It's just an Excel file that you can modify and systemize these goals that you want. Desire is such a critical part of that and making sure that the goals you want to achieve are emotionally charged. I had a client of mine once and I said to him, tell me about what's going on for you at the moment. He was actually a kid that I've been mentoring since he was a school captain at Marsden High in in south of Brisbane.
1: (laughs) I'm from Brisbane as well, so I know where Marsden is.
2: <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So he had reached out to me and said that this group that he was getting together, an amazing group of, of young people, one of the big challenges that they were having was trying to figure out what goals to, to set and, and how to achieve those goals. And I said to him to give me an example of one of those goals. And he said, well, I want to have a million dollars in the bank by the time I'm 30. And I said, well, why do you want to do that? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> and it's like there's no, there's no emotional connection there. So if you can say, look, an, an example might be, look, if you, if you lost a family member through some type of disease or you're interested in giving back to some type of association or you had gone through some stuff like that, very clear reasons as to why you want to do that, making it emotionally charged and then turning that end goal of what you want. A lot of people to say, yep, I'm going to put on my goals list a million dollars in, in eight years time and it ends there. It's like, cool, all right, now that we can establish an emotional connection, I'd like to reverse engineer that to figure out what are the actions that we need to take in three years' time, one year time, 90 days, and we backtrack that to today. What actions can we take today, this week, this month, to be able to to build those stepping stones to get to that point? And when you do that, it's very, very valuable because you'll release yourself any worry about what's going to happen in the future or the present, which is where all your anxiety lives, and you start attaching meaning to the actions that you're taking in the present. It's a simple difference, but a massive mental shift. So that desire point, the very first principle of of Think and Grow Rich cannot be understated. And the other big one for me would be principle number nine, the power of the mastermind. And what Mm. that basically says is you don't need to have all the answers yourself. You can tap into the knowledge of other people to help provide those opportunities and and their abilities to get you to where you want to go. And a person who I spoke to who was really pivotal in in helping me understand that one was Barbara Corcoran, who a lot of your listeners might know from being on Shark Tank in the US. She's an amazingly accomplished woman, sold her business for about 70 million US dollars. A big quote for her was when she realized that she could build an empire on someone else's know-how rather than needing all the answers yourself. Those two in particular are really important if you held a gun to my head and asked me to come up with a third, it would, probably be, it would probably be specialized knowledge. Now, most people who I see who are struggling, who never seem to have made the impact they want, which is really a different type of personality than the people that I'd mentioned earlier. These are people who might be 30s, 40s, 50s, 60 years old, and they just haven't quite had that impact. It's because they never stuck with something long enough to see it through to the end. Now, if you're doing like a university course or or whatever it might be, learning a new skill, if you just stick with it till you acquire that as some type of value that you can use to provide to other people, that opens up so many different doors for you. So an example of some of those things right now that would be enormously valuable would be things like video editing. Yes. Photography (laughs) and website design.
1: I'm laughing because my children are teaching themselves video editing, particularly animation coding.
2: (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. I love it, Serena. They're very lucky to have you as a, as a mom.
1: Oh, they do it. they're doing it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it means that like if someone came up to me and said, look, I'm, I'm based in LA. I love all the stuff that you're doing. Here's what I believe is an opportunity for you to grow your business further using video marketing. I'd love to work with you and put some video together in exchange if you could mentor me and show me some of the ways that I could build my own business, then that would be amazing. I would do that in a heartbeat because I reward the hustle. But if someone said, someone's like, hey, can you mentor me? It's like, hang on a sec, like, like what are we, we going to do here? I'm not talking about that in terms of me not wanting to help. I want to help everyone I possibly can. But until the person has proven through the actions that they're willing to help themselves, that's when we can move mountains together.
1: Yeah, that is so key, isn't it? That they're willing to help themselves. And that goes for everything, including, obviously, personal finance. Like so many people want to be rich, but they're not willing to put in the work, are they?
2: So true. And uh, there's a guy from the movie The Secret, which a lot of your listeners might be familiar with The Secret. I think it was 2006 it came out. And I had asked him, I said, John, in my experience, a lot of times that you try and naively believe that I was able to pull everyone up. There are some people that you try to pull them up, and what happens is they end up pulling you down. And the problem with where that all starts is when you're working harder on achieving someone else's goal than they are, it's a really, really big problem what John does with all his clients, and it's something that I have implemented in my business in a slightly different way, is finding out with people before you start working with them, are you interested or are you committed? Do not be in the convincing game. You're not here to convince someone on their on their goals and, and to take ownership of their life. Only when someone is committed, once you have that commitment, amazing things can happen. But without that, all that happens is that you yourself, you're on a fast track to, to burnout. And it means that the person's not going to action the stuff that you spoke about consistently anyway. So so what's the point?
1: Yeah, it's a bit like people who RSVP to a party and say, maybe, like if they say, maybe, you know, they're not going to make it. So, you know, why don't yeah. they just say no or yes? For sure.
2: Yeah. Just be decisive. A wrong decision is better than indecision. I've, I've heard that quote before.
1: <laughs> well, actually, that's a good question too, about decision-making, because this is something that's so integral in terms of people who want to be successful in life. And I come from a public service background, and I actually went back this year twice. I was asked to go to do some short term contracts. And what really struck me was how hard it was to get your bosses to make a decision. So, what's what's your take on decision making?
2: Decision making is is so important. Now, it needs to be it needs to be fit into like a bigger picture of why that decision needs to be needs to be made. Like decision is is very 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 important. So, you might. Create a decision of what's really important for you in terms of what you want to achieve. You can look at people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, like all Barbara Corcoran. All these people are experts at creating a really good vision, but they relax their idea of their method to to get there. And if something new pops up, like someone might say, "I'm going to build my business using Instagram," but what happens when TikTok pops up? You need to be flexible, rigid about where you want to go, but flexible in your approach. I think that's a uh, a quote that I've that I've also heard somewhere that's directly applicable here: the people who are not willing to make a decision about their own life ultimately become spectators. A lot of the work that I do with people through my podcast and public speaking and business coaching and all of these different things is to remind people to take the reins of their life, so they become a participant. When you become a participant rather than a spectator, it's easier for you to figure out what you need to do today. Because Win the Day is the name of my podcast, as you as you had mentioned. I have this my intent bracelet literally on my wrist that says win the day on it. And every single day, every 100% of the time, even on the weekends, I, I, I make that acknowledgement to myself that each day, if you do not make the decision to win, you have automatically made the decision to lose. So I'm going to consciously acknowledge that this day, every single day is there to be won and I'm going to win it, irrespective of how I feel or what happened yesterday.
1: Mm, this is really important to keep that focus. and. Obviously, we're living in very disruptive times. We've had so much on here in Australia. It hasn't just been COVID and the lockdowns. It's also been natural disasters such as the bushfires we've had and mouse plagues and whole range of different things. In these increasingly disruptive times, how important is it to be able to keep on track with our goals and visions? Yeah, it's, it's it's
2: really important because you don't want to you don't want to be drifting. There's, a, you know, we talk about this in Thinking Grow Rich, it's a legacy. A weak flame can be extinguished by even the slightest gust, yet a very strong flame is going to survive so much more. Janine Shepard, who is from Sydney, she's a one of my closest friends now. We talk every week. She just actually moved back to Australia from the US. She is the very first story in Thinking Grow Rich, it's a legacy.
1: Oh, what a story! I was just so moved by that story.
2: It's, it's incredible. And the big thing for Janine, I'll give you like a really quick sort of 20-second overview of her story for those who don't know. But Janine had qualified for the Winter Olympics as a cross-country skier, but was hit by a truck, 10 days in a coma, six months in the spinal ward, never able to be an athlete ever again. She ended up becoming a pilot, a TED speaker with more than 2 million views, three-time best-selling author. They're in talks to make a movie about her life again, except this time in Hollywood. Incredibly inspirational person, and the biggest thing that I got from her is that she asks herself this question when things are are hardest: she says, "What's the gift in this? What's the gift in this?" And if you can train yourself to figure out what the gift in this is, and then the next part of that will be thinking about what's in your control versus what's out of your control. So make a list of all those different things that are that are on your mind right now that are bothering you, and then cross out the ones that are out of your control and get to work by prioritizing and executing on the things that are in your control, and you will quickly move away from that situation of the woe is me, that victim mentality, which is just, I understand people have been through some horrific circumstances. I am yet to meet a person who has endured more or even close to what I have spoken to these people about who have been through the most harrowing circumstances you can imagine, yet they have been able to rise above their circumstances, they, just, they don't ask that question, woe is me. They have, a, they have a growth mindset. You know, They, they, might, in, they, they might temporarily, let me, let me be very clear on that. We need to have that moment of, of grief and, and acceptance to, to do that. It's very, very important. But when they have that moment there where they recognize the gift, they get on the front foot and be proactive about taking ownership of their life. And th- that's the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, which is what Dr. Carol Dweck talks about in her book, also called Mindset, which is one of my one of my favorite books. And out of all the people I interview, it's probably the number one book that they give out to their their team is Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. The resilience comes from having a growth mindset, which is what turns you from being a victim into a victor. So you can make the most of whatever circumstances you're presented with.
1: That is great advice. And I really appreciate it. And to be honest, when I was reading the Beginner's Guide to Wealth recently, there's quite a bit in here about resilience. You do share a story about your gym business. and. It happened that I was going through a business issue where I had paid someone to develop a website and it's turned out they didn't have the competency to do it. I'll, I'll fall short of calling them a con artist, but let's just say it was very stressful <laughs> to navigate through that with money that had been paid and time that had been lost. There definitely is a gift from that, from that in terms of um, some learnings. I just wanted to say that I really did appreciate your insights on resilience that I read at a time which was really relevant for me.
2: Yeah. Thank you very much, Serena. It's, it's nice to hear that that resonated. And the, the thing is, the, the sort of weird thing, the, almost a cruel irony about life is that anything can, can happen at, at any moment. In The Beginner's Guide to Wealth, there's also the story of, of Todd Love, the guy who's an 18-year-old Marine in Afghanistan who gets blown up and, and, and wakes up two weeks later in a hospital bed in Germany and feels his legs only to feel the hospital bed. Like It gives me chills and almost brings me to tears even thinking about that only to have a doctor come into your badly crushed arm and, and amputate that. So at the age of 18, you're a triple amputee. I mean, there are people out there who are going through these things and are able to put on a, a, positive, a positive note because that, that is the reality that we have absolutely, we can walk across the street tomorrow and get hit by a truck like, like happened with Janine, these medical diagnoses, all of these different things. And I, I really feel now after this what really has been a training for me in resilience and mindset through all of these people who I continued to interview more than 300 people now for various things I genuinely feel that there, there isn't anything that could happen to me right now that I wouldn't be able to find the gift in it's a very easy thing to say but we we have to start practicing these things we have to build it into our daily routine yeah. of removing those negative thoughts. Another big thing that I got from Andrew Carnegie's mental dynamite, that that green book there that I had mentioned earlier, was that how would your life change if you recognized that every single thought impulse was either adding to your character or taking something away from that? And I was like, wow, every time I have a negative thought, I think about that. This negative thought, this thought impulse, if I dwell on this, this gets added to my character. So what am I going to do? I'm going to get rid of it as soon as I can by doing something positive to, to remove it.
1: I think that's a lot more helpful than what I sometimes hear, which is you should be agile or you should pivot. Or, and sometimes it's like almost there's something wrong with you when you haven't. But it is, it's, it's that inner self that has to find where that gift is or where that positive is that that silver lining from an otherwise bad situation.
2: Yeah, definitely. I just interviewed one of the world's top neurosurgeons and he was talking about there are people out there who, because of the circumstances that they had been through, some type of trauma perhaps, whatever it might be, who literally are unable to do what you require them to do. If you say, hey, just work harder or just do this, they're unable to to, to implement that and put that into action. Uh, good coaches out there recognize the needs and, and the circumstances of their people that they're with to be able to focus on consistency, like let's reintroduce some new habits. To start to rewire those circuits it's a bit like the difference between people who uh, have a goal of like running a marathon if you if you say yeah just go and run a marathon someone run a marathon could, could could die possibly but if you say let's focus on on consistency like let's just make sure you get the body moving at least once a day and then we can build on those things even if it's like whether it's flossing your teeth or you know, whatever it is, something to do with, with your business, focusing on consistency, not intensity yeah. is one of the best ways to get to what you want to with your life.
1: There's that um, senior U.S. naval officer who is a former Marine who talks about the importance of making your bed every morning, but it all just starts mm-hmm. from there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Is it Admiral William McK- uh, McRaven, I think it is? Yeah, I, I, I'm very familiar with what you're talking about. <laughs> yep, I knew you would be. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's actually... Yeah, it's the reason why my wife makes our, our bed because she's just, to be honest, she's more of a morning person than, than I am, but I, I'm more of a, a night owl. In the morning, I, after I do that win the day thing where I look at my win the day bracelet and, and acknowledge that the day is there to be won, I then step into a cold shower. My wife does it too. We haven't had a hot shower in, in almost two years at this point because that is our moment of, of sacrifice. To me, like making the bed, which I'll, I'll do about half the time, It's just it, it doesn't have the same mental trick for me. But the cold shower does every single time. There has not been a single occasion when I've thought to myself, yes, I'm really excited to start my day by stepping into a freezing cold shower. But when you've made the decision to win, you've proven that through the adversity that you're, that you're going to face. I mean, productivity-wise, everything else, your day just gets so much better from there and it's amazing reset before you attack the day.
1: I'm not sure if I'll try it in a minus five degree camera <laughs> winter, although there are some people who do go swimming in ice. Uh, quite seriously though, is this your frugalista tip or is there another thing you would, might like to share with us about what you do to save money and invest?
2: It's a good one. It's funny for people who are familiar with LA, you might know the the mountain region called Big Bear, which is about an hour or two hours away from LA. We went up there with my wife's family about a year ago. And I tell you what, that in the snow, the, the water that was coming out of the shower from there was like liquid ice. <laughs> this thing was was as, as tough as I've ever seen. So in, in LA where we live, the shower never gets crazy cold. It's cold because it's it's coming into winter, but not not crazy cold. Yeah, my my frugalistic tip for your audience would be, which is the slide that I put up at every single speech that I do. Each day, if you do not make the decision to win, you have automatically made the decision to lose. Mm. I mean, that that decision there, like if you're going through life on autopilot, you're toast in every possible way. Health, finances, relationships, all of those things are gone. If you say, you know what? I'm going to turn up to life today, and you start living with intent. That's the reasoning behind win the day. And the origins of that was through the book, Think and Grow Rich. When I read that for like the, the 50th time, one thing that, that kept standing out to me was that the poverty conscience will automatically overtake any mind that is not preoccupied with being success conscious. I was like, wow, that's, that's so good. And, and the way that I interpreted that was each day, if you do not make the decision to win, you have automatically made the decision to lose because you're just going to be distracted. You're going to procrastinate. Whereas if you've made that decision, you have the intent. You know what three things you're going to do today that are going to make your life a win and you just get after it every day.
1: Wow. I am going to remember that when I next procrastinate. Now, I like to think that I don't procrastinate, but I (laughs) (laughs) Um, am human. We we all
2: have our (laughs) moments. We all have our moments. (laughs)
1: But I did get up this morning. I have been for a jog. I didn't have a cold shower, but I have had a a shower and made the bed. So you're doing okay today. Nice. So James, how can people find you and what you do?
2: Yeah, if you want to connect with me, uh, Instagram is probably a good spot at the moment. So James Witt with two Ts. Yeah, if there's anything I can do, anyone out there, seriously, I, I just want to help as many people as I possibly can. So you can send me an audio message, send me a text. There's a whole bunch of resources I have in the link in my bio on Instagram that can help you for free. But yeah, if anyone wants any help in any possible way, reach out. That's all I want to do is, is support you.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so very much for being my guest. Truly honoured. Loved your book well, two of your books that I've read and also the film Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy. So thank you so much.
2: My pleasure, Serena. Thank you for having such a wonderful podcast and for having me on today.
1: Thank you.
0: You've been listening to The Joyful Frugalista with Serena Bird. And of course, sound has been by Neil together. Hadley watch the boats flow by you could talk